Well, welcome you. Thank you for joining with us. A little different day for us today. We uh, we are combining our worship services, and uh, so it's nice uh, to be able to get everyone together. Uh, every every once in a while, we had a great time at the ministry fair, as Donna pointed out, and we're so grateful to uh, all of the uh, all of the folks that are behind the scenes on that and have taken care of that. The the food that was provided, you had the A team making you food today. Uh, uh, just all that went into that. And uh, we're grateful that you showed up. And uh, uh, when they call to follow up on your thing that you're interested, don't let the don't let it ring through. So, um, uh, but uh, it, we get to celebrate that we have a great church here, great ministry, and uh, uh, Spencer and Haley do a great job. It, it's so nice. I, I've been in places where uh, the traditional music person and the contemporary music person can't be in the same room together. Um, uh, but, and uh, it is just so nice to, to have the camaraderie uh, with uh, our, our music team. So uh, next week we'll be back to a normal schedule. Those of you that are watching at home, will uh, y- it, your worship schedule didn't change. But that, that's, why our, uh, that's why our music's a little different today. And uh, and it is good to remind us uh, that uh, while tradition is powerful and meaningful, that sometimes new things can God can speak to us through that as well. So thank you for being here. We are in uh, we have been in this series uh, called Submission, and we are wrapping it up today. Uh, that that song that Haley and Spencer just sang uh, was from the Wesley Covenant Prayer, and we have been praying that. Uh, each week as a part of this series. We'll pray at the end of the sermon today, uh, but I wanted to let you know, we, uh, it, it, from the time I started here, we, we've done some prayer vigil things. I get a card for you and ask you to pray that prayer. This is our prayer for this season, uh, for the next uh, however long uh, we decide to do it. We, I decided to intro it with this series and then uh, we have made you cards of this prayer as you uh, as you go out to the lobby out here there's a table with uh, beautiful fake white flowers on it and that's where you will find these cards and uh, I hope you'll take one and make this a part of your uh, of your devotional time going forward a, a part it, it, there's a part of uh, just recommitting ourselves to our relationship with God. We'll get to that at the end of the, at the end of the service. But as, as we've been talking over these weeks, what we've been trying to remind ourselves is submission is at the heart of the relationship God calls us to, right? You, you cannot continue to be who you were and become the person God wants you to be without, without submitting yourself to the authority of God. And our culture battles against that all the time. Our own ego battles against that all the time. I don't want to place my life in somebody else's hands. That's risky that every time we see that in a human basis, it it gets misused and there's power plays and it ends up being a squashing down instead of a a mutual respect. And, And it just makes us cringe in the idea of submitting to something or someone, but at the heart of who God asks us to be. A God who is perfect, 
A God who is holy, a God who doesn't make mistakes, a God who is loving and kind. He says, no, submit yourself to me. Give, give me your life. I'm the one that made you. I know everything about you. I, 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 I breathe my, your life into you. I wrote your DNA to reflect who I am. You carry my image within you. And your life will go better if you submit yourself to me. It doesn't mean you'll have a good life all the time. It doesn't mean you'll, you'll always, uh, everything will always go your way. You'll never have any troubles or anything. But even in the midst of troubles, the author of who we are, when we submit to Him, it, it, it's not a pushing down, it's a lifting up. The, the story of the Scripture is that a holy God created beings to love and to honor and to have fellowship with but those beings were broken they had sin that was a part of them and sin separated them from god there was a break in the relationship and the only answer to that was that god sent his son jesus who came to earth walked earth for us showed us what a holy life looks like was crucified dead and buried and the third day he rose from the dead And He's now seated at the right hand of God waiting to come back for us in final victory. And in the meantime, those of us that submit ourselves to the ministry of Jesus Christ are not squashed down, but we are raised up to become children of God. There's no longer a break in the relationship. There's no longer a gap. There's no longer this, the, the loweredness. We, we are joint heirs with Christ. Our submission to Christ does not belittle us. It empowers us. The, the very way God created you, the very plans He had for you, the designs He had in creation are fulfilled when we are willing to step back and say, not my way, but yours your 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 ways are higher than my ways your your thoughts are greater than my thoughts and this whole idea of submission is written throughout the text of scripture over and over and over you go back to deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, hero israel the lord your god is one you should love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength that's an act of submission to get everything you have to him jesus continued that over and over he would refer to what the the kingdom of heaven if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven you must be the least those who want to win their life must lose it those who lose their life for my sake will gain everything It is no longer I who live, Paul uh, wrote in one of his letters, no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. This picture of submission is the pattern for discipleship. Unfortunately, through the years, we, we we have made following Jesus a political affiliation or something that you do one day a week and then discard for the rest of the time. And we've even gone as far as trying to create God in our image and create Christianity in a package that we find comfortable, which is not Christianity. And so all we've been trying to do is remind you that to be a follower of Christ, then follow Christ. Submit yourself, therefore, to Jesus. Submit yourself, therefore, to one another. 
Submit yourselves to the authority placed over you. Submission is written into the subtext of Scripture over and over and over again because you cannot, you cannot be Lord over your own life and have the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the throne at the same time. There's a choice to be made. There's a, there's a, there's a pathway to walk. So as we've gone through that, use some examples, uh, use some inspiration last week from Stephen in the book of Acts. I'm going to turn uh, the page today as we wrap this up, and I just want to talk about the results of submission, the, 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 the gift that submission brings. As I said, submission in a, Christ, a Christian standpoint does not push us down. It lifts us up. There is a benefit and a blessing when you submit yourselves to God through Jesus Christ. Your life will never be the same. You will find fulfillment and purpose, peace and kindness in ways that you can never experience them apart from Him. And we're going to do that by the reading of a psalm. It's Psalm 118. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. And before I start reading it, I just want to talk a little bit about this psalm. Psalm 118 is actually... Um, this was a big worship uh, uh, psalm uh, for the for the early church. Even even in the time of Jesus, this psalm was uh, led uh, uh, worship during the tab- uh, the I ate too many tacos or something during the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, that this psalm, this psalm was used. Remember, the Psalms are the hymn book of the early church. Uh, there's not a title on this. A lot of the Psalms have a title saying written by David or written by the worship leader. This one doesn't have that, uh, but most people would agree that David wrote it because it just has that Davidic ring to it. I agree that David wrote it. But in this, uh, David wrote it. But as you go through the Psalm, uh, as I read through this, you're going to hear passages and and verses that you're very familiar with. As I was preparing and, and reading through this, I, in my own mind, I came up with like 12 uh, worship songs or choruses that I know that have been inspired by these, these verses. There's, uh, there's uh, little signs you might have in your bathroom mirror or something of affirmation that come from this. Here's, here's what's amazing. This was also used in Passover the night before Jesus gave himself up for us. It says that they joined together for the Passover meal and sang hymns together. Guess which hymn they sang? Psalm 118. So as we read this passage, Jesus, as you will see as we unfold this, Jesus, who is who this passage is fulfilled by and who this passage is about, was, was singing his own song the night before he gave himself for us. Let's 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 uh, read it together. Uh, verse one: Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; His faithful love endures forever. Let all of Israel repeat: His faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat: His faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat: His faithful love endures forever. Pause. This isn't in the text, but we're going to use it this morning. Let all of Kerrville First United Methodist Church repeat, His faithful love endures forever. 
That's horrible. We're going to do it again. Let all of Kerrville First United Methodist repeat His faithful love endures forever. Thank you. Gave me a little bit of joy there. In verse 5, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me. So whom will I fear? What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It's better to take refuge in the Lord rather than trust in princes. Though hostile nations surrounded me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed all around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but He did not let me die. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So as we read this, as I said, David wrote it. And you can see reflections of David's life in this. Let me just remind you a little bit who David was. David, young shepherd boy David, uh, several, a, a big family, lots of brothers, uh, the the. The prophet comes to anoint a new king because Saul had not been following the Lord. David, the youngest and the least likely candidate, gets chosen and is anointed by, uh, by the prophet to become the king over all of Israel. From that point on, David had ups and downs in his life. That anointing made the king jealous. Uh, that anointing and the, the, the knowledge that he was going to take over the throne put his life in danger. He spent much of his life on the run. David wasn't a perfect guy. He made mistakes. He fell to temptation. He didn't always follow through in being the kind of person you would like a leader to be. And yet, the Scriptures talk over and over again about how David was a man after God's own heart. You can see David's life unfolded in this. You've punished me, but you didn't let me die. 
My enemies swarmed around me. They were like bees and hornets all around me. But you dealt with them. You, you, your right hand, the right hand of God stood up for me. Your powerful right hand swatted my enemies aside. I just want to enter the gates of your righteousness. David wrote this psalm, but the power of it comes in. It's fulfilled ultimately by the ministry of Jesus Christ. What we see here is a picture of who God is. What He has done through His Son. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Some of your versions are going to say instead of His faithful love endures forever, it's going to say His mercy endures forever. Same idea. But it gives you a little bit of insight. His faithful love. Faithful love is a love that doesn't give up even though the people aren't worth it. Mercy is what you show to people who are undeserving. A gift of mercy is not giving the punishment that a person deserves, rather extending them grace. His faithful love, His mercy endures forever. See, this is why we can submit to this God. This is why David repeats it over and over and over. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever because just as you, he needed to remind himself that even though life goes up and down, the faithful love of God will always be there. You need that. You need that in your back pocket. You need that in your quiver because the world is going to get you sometime. It's going to come after you. Even if you're doing the right thing, David in pursuing his anointment was only following the call of God and yet it brought disaster upon his life. But even through the hard times, even through the violence that was aimed at him, God was bigger than that and his faithful love endured forever. What is it for you Or you need a reminder this morning that His faithful love endures forever. Yes, you might be grieving the loss of a loved one. Yes, you might be grieving the loss of financial stability. Yes, you might be grieving the loss of a a child or the transitional moments of of teenage to adulthood or uh, uh, a health problem that's emerged or or relational problems that are going on. I mean, there's no shortage of, of problems out there for us to cling to. And in the midst of that, we can we can begin to say to ourselves, why am I following God if my life? isn't turning out the way I wanted anyway. What good is he? David is here to remind you his faithful love endures forever. In fact, at the end of the day, as, as David reflects on his life, all he can do is sing the same verse of praise over and over and over and over again. His faithful love endures forever. He says, it, it, I, I, don't, I, don't take, I don't take solace from other people. I don't look for it from, from leaders. I don't look for it from preachers. I don't look for it from, from political leaders, from princes. We need to be reminded of that. The kind of life that you're wanting, the kind of joy that you're searching for, the kind of contentment that, that is so hard to find without Christ is all yours if you are willing to submit to Him. He shared, one of my favorite passages is Romans chapter 8. To me, it's the, the, the climax of the New Testament. Uh, 
There is nothing in all of creation, not death, not life, not angels, not demons, not principalities or pirate, not even heaven or hell. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God is for us, who could be against us? That's like, that's like my, my, my verse. That's my life statement. That's my, my mission statement. That's my foundational statement of understanding who God is that no matter what comes, God is there for me. Before Jesus, before Paul wrote that, they had Psalm 118 that basically says the same thing. The Lord is for me, so whom will I fear? What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surround me, though COVID won't stop, though political fires just get hotter, though the the economy keeps going downhill, though my stocks don't reflect anything like they did six months ago, I will trust in the Lord because His faithful love endures forever. This is the song of God's people. This is the hymn book of God's people. It's what, it's what, it's what makes the world turn around and take notice. It's what in early Christianity attracted people. It's, it's the loss of that that now repels people from what we call Christianity. There was a time when the message of God and the power of God was on full display and those completely submitted to it, even to the point of death, were the walking advertisements and you could not stop the bursting at the seams of God's power and movement through His, through the people of all nations and of all faiths. But we've settled on this comfortable Christianity that's more about what I want and what I need and what I enjoy and what I'm willing to do. And instead of being formed in the image of God, I try to form God in the image of what I like and it loses its edge and it loses its power and the world looks at it and says, why would I want that? But the kind of Christianity that comes from submission, submission to the Holy Spirit, submission to the authority of God, Submission to love and grace rather than hatred and jealousy. That kind of that kind of submission turns the world upside down. That kind of submission will not just change you, it'll change your family, your friends, your community, it will change everything. Verse 19, open for me the gates where the righteous enter and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. Oh God, I want, I want to be righteous. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. But I've been saved by you. I've been changed by you. It's no longer I who live. It's, it's you who live in me. I, I want the old life to be gone so that new life can begin. That kind of submission, that new beginning. Again, throughout Scripture, it, it is proclaimed over and over again. Our practice of, of the sacraments helps us to understand that, that there is a transaction that happens. There's a change that happens. Baptism, 
right? In our church, we do uh, infant baptism or believer's baptism. We'll go all the way through. But the whole idea of baptism rests on this idea that God is for us, not against us. And God has extended his hand to us and said, won't you be mine? Will you be mine? Come follow me. Come take my hand. Let me, give me, give me your life and it will be better. And we get the chance to say, I will. For those who were baptized as infants, that's why we have confirmation. When you got baptized, all you did was poop and pee. I'm not convinced that's not a willful act sometimes with, right? But that's why we do, by the way, we have a confirmation class going right now. We have about 30 kids in it, right? And at the end of that class, many of them have been baptized as infants. Uh, Those who haven't been baptized will give them that opportunity. Those who have will give them the opportunity to remember their baptism. But that's their moment in life where what God did for them, they get to answer. And so many times we put the emphasis on our answer, right? That the, the power came when we said yes, but our yes is worthless without the invitation. We love because He first loved us. The invita- without the invitation, our yes means nothing. But we have a God who is for us, not against us, and who has been beckoning since before you were born, come to me. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. In communion, we, we, we celebrate this, this character of God that His faithful love endures forever. The picture of communion is a banquet table set in, in celebration of what God has done. The, the vision of what will happen in heaven as Christ returns and all things are made right. And we get a little foretaste of that when we get to celebrate communion. An open table, open to anyone, people who are undeserving, which that's all of us, just in case you didn't know. People who are un, uh, all undeserving, welcome to come and feast on the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Open to everyone. And by sitting at the table, transformed by the power of the bread and the juice, to become that which we can't do on our own, but that which reflects the character of Christ. Again, this submission idea is at the heart of Christianity. The goodness of God, the power of God, the mighty right hand of God, the authority of God, the goodness of God, the unfailing love of God, the the character of God, screaming for us, if you're going to trust anything, trust me. And your life will be better. I'm no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. That's the prayer of the disciple. And folks, as hard as that seems, the payoff on it is great. You will not have a better life than the life that you can, that you can celebrate through Christ. At the, I think that's going to be the, the celebration of heaven is just like David. No matter what you've gone through and how many arrows have been shot at you and how many caves you had to hide out in and how many dark places you had to travel through, at the end of this story, all you're going to have is words of praise and adoration for the God who took, it through, took you through it all in the first place. Blessed is the name of the Lord. 
got stuck preaching there for a minute, sorry. <laughs> Verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is, this is flat out Jesus, right? Jesus, the bedrock of our faith, the Son of God, the early the the Jews and the early uh, followers didn't recognize him, put him to death. Don't judge him. You would have been in on that too. The stone that the builders rejected, those who had built the religion, when 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 the face of God showed up in front of them, didn't recognize him, but they they cast him aside. The one that was rejected actually has become our cornerstone. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you want to come to the Father, you come to Him by Me. This is the Lord's doing and it's wonderful to see. Verse 24, This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. One of the most common verses, uh, you find it on signs, it's on people's mirrors and everything. We use it for worship greeting. And most times, and and this is valid, most times it's any day and any moment and this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be good because any day is a gift from God. But the context here drives us to an important day. The the context here drives us to the point of those earlier two verses. The stones the builders rejected has now become the corner stone this is the lord's doing and it's wonderful to see this is the day the lord has made what what david's driving the, the what god's driving us to is the day that made all the difference is the day jesus gave himself for you this is the day the lord has made that's the day the day that he hung on a cross and died the day that he burst out of the tomb the 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 moment you exchanged your life for his This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Again, you can celebrate every day, but this has more teeth to it. When you're facing hard times, no, this day, the day that Christ conquered death, this day is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice because it belongs to me. Verse 27. The Lord is God shining upon us. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. The Lord is shining upon us. Just want to take a moment to remind you how the Lord is shining upon us. It's it's so easy to just take for granted the many blessings we have. It is so easy to lose sight of the blessing we're living in. It is so easy to miss the movement of God as we are living it out. So I just want to remind you of some things. Our whole ministry fair idea was to give you a glimpse of how the Lord is shining upon us through those ministries through those projects, through those uh, outreaches, through those servanthoods, through those visits, through those games with kids and, and, and trips with youth. All of that is aimed at a purpose to help people to understand how good God is. And while the rest do some investigation about church life right now, the, 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 Information is grim and across the board, Christianity is, well, that's not, Christianity is never going to die. The church is suffering right now. People are walking away from church. Church attendance is going down. 
the Lord is shining on this place. Part of it is because you're a bunch of boomers and you're going to show up no matter what. But look around, it's not all boomers, is it? That's different from my first year here. And this has nothing to do with me. I'm just talking about how the Lord's shining on us right now. In a time where church attendance is going down, we're adding to our membership. In In a time where younger generations are walking away, we live in a community where youth is at a as a premium. That's not. It's not just this church. It's this community. One of the most valuable uh, youth outreaches we have is Young Life, led by Josh Smithson, who for 16 years has poured himself into it, and there are multiple lives transformed. And he feeds those into the churches, and that's it turns this entire community around. You're blessed to live in this place. We have a community that as a whole, again, not just this church, but a community as a whole that when there's a food bank or something uh, for people in need, the volunteers show up. At different t- Tomorrow it's supposed to be raining. Tomorrow is the mega food bank that we do each month. There, it's supposed to be raining and chilly, and I guarantee you there will be, be people there to serve because there will be people there to eat, right? Over and over the the way our music programs are turning around the way the church staff has a, a a loving relationship with one another we are for one another not against one another it just makes it so nice to work in a place like that right a, a, a place where not just the new but the the all the sunday school classes and bible studies and programs and ministries that have been going on for years that continue to bless people and continue to lead people just uh, continue to show that loyalty and that dedication a college ministry that went from we were just hoping we could get one or two kids to come for breakfast once a year to now we have there's a section of them over there um and that's not all of them they they've got their big uh, brand new yam shirts on. Stand up, college kids. <laughs> right. There you go. And this group of college kids is better than that group of college kids because they sit in the front. But anyway, no. But we've gone from not having that to we've celebrated a number of baptisms in that ministry and have an on-campus presence and 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 a growth in that area. We have we have small groups happening right now. We have five new small groups started by young couples in our church with children, people who are busy and working with mindless children over and over. Their minds are blown and yet they come together on Wednesday nights to to um, do Bible study together. It, it, the, we could go on and on. The Lord is shining on us because His faithful love endures forever. No, we're not perfect. No, there's a lot of things we could do better. Yes, there's still things we need to work on. Yes, there, we will never hit the goal of being the perfect church. That doesn't exist until we get to the other side of eternity. But gosh darn it, let's celebrate what we're doing here. Let's give God the glory He deserves for His mighty right hand. We're going to end. Uh, this, this passage repeats it over and over. 
David says it over and over. His faithful love endures forever. So you're going to say that with me. Let all the church say, His faithful love endures forever. That was good, but David said it about 12 times. So His faithful love endures forever. One more time. His faithful love endures forever. And therefore... Dylan, if you can put up the Wesley prayer. Therefore, I'm willing to pray this prayer and I hope you will too. Let's pray it together. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Let me... Let me have let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth. Let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Make sure you get one of these as you go out. But as, I, as we close and before we sing our last song, this is an invitation and it's for, I've got some categories uh, that I'm going to invite, but everybody can say the same prayer. So there's a group of us in here that we gave our life to Christ a long time ago. And maybe you're living in the midst of that and you're, you're fully submitted or maybe you've gotten off track, but I, I'm going to invite you to pray the prayer I'm, I'm going to pray as a way of renewing it because it's not a one-time decision. It's a moment-by-moment re-giving of myself to Him. It's no longer my life, but yours. The others are those of you that, that yeah, you were a Christian, but it just became a hobby. It just became something you did back when you were a kid and you haven't been living it out. And this is a chance for you to sort of kickstart again. And the last is for those folks that maybe you've never made that commitment. Maybe you never got to the point where you're willing to say, no, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm going to make mistakes. But this, this life I'm hearing about, I, I want that. So whatever category you fall in, I just invite you to make my, the prayer I speak your prayer in your heart. God, you are so good. And your faithful love endures forever. And we are so thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And the amazing things that can happen in and through us when we belong to him. God, we've made mistakes. We have been selfish. We've been unkind been hateful and judging but your faithful love endures forever forgive us we pray we with open arms and open hearts we invite you Jesus into our into our lives come take authority Come be Lord. 
And there's going to be times when we're going to kick back against that. And there's going to be times when our ego gets in the way. And there's going to be times that we, that we stumble. But Jesus, we're going to remember that your faithful love endures forever. I am yours. May that be ratified in the heavens, now and forever. Amen.